Yeah. Have a good one. RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories. A top infectious diseases expert warns Hong Kong could see more than a 1,000 COVID-19 deaths this winter unless social distancing measures are properly enforced. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says large-scale testing is needed to help Hong Kong come up with effective containment strategies for COVID-19. And a mishap knocked out services on the Airport Express and part of the Chung Chung line for more than half an hour this morning. Leading microbiologist Yun Gok Yong is warning that more than a thousand people could die from COVID-19 this winter unless social distancing measures at high-risk venues are properly implemented. Timmy Sung reports. Professor Yun told a commercial radio program that the government had the right idea in imposing social distancing regulations targeting high-risk venues like restaurants, bars, wet markets and care homes. But he said none of these matters unless the regulations are implemented properly. For example, he says bars in Lan Kwai Fong were spotted doing almost nothing to control the number of people seated in each table. And customers were free to walk around and speak to each other without their masks on. Unless Hong Kong starts doing a better job, he warns, more than 10,000 people could get infected this winter and over a 1,000 people could die. The expert also says the government had got its focus wrong in terms of COVID testing, saying it should be putting its resources on more targeted testing of people who visit public clinics or private doctors. He noted that the positivity rate from these sources is far higher than the citywide testing program conducted last month. He said while universal tests aren't necessarily a bad idea, they must be done quickly during a lockdown for this to be effective. Professor Yun, who advises the government on its pandemic response measures, says he believes people will have to live with the virus for another year as a vaccine will not be available until the middle of next year. But the financial secretary, Paul Chan, says he believes large-scale testing can help Hong Kong contain the spread of the virus. Writing in his blog, he said the mainland had an effective approach in its use of a health code system that gives people confirmed to be virus-free access to safe zones. Mr. Chan didn't give any specifics, but said Hong Kong could use the results from its universal testing program last month to devise new strategies that can quickly contain acute infection spikes while allowing most people to carry on with their lives and for businesses' activities to continue. Chief Secretary Matthew Cheung on Sunday said the government will not allow local schools to turn into breeding grounds for Hong Kong independence, stressing that the Education Bureau must act as a gatekeeper to protect students from such twisted and illegal notions. Writing in his blog, Cheung suggested that education had become politicized, saying we should join hands to get education back on the right track. Democratic Party legislator Ted Hay has urged Chief Justice Jeffrey Ma to back up his pledge for transparency in the judiciary by making public more data on criminal cases handled by local judges and magistrates, as well as how often defendants complain about police violence. He says the judiciary has repeatedly rejected his requests for such information, and he's filed a complaint with the Ombudsman. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, he says more transparency is needed in the judiciary. If... According to Geoffrey Ma, meaningful and informed comments, opinions, or criticisms are welcome. The courts must increase its transparency. Hence, 
I publicly call on the Chief Justice to urge the judiciary to provide figures and data related to judicial proceedings so that the public can form the meaningful and informed opinions and criticisms as mentioned himself. An errand train that wandered off railroad sidings near Qingyi Station temporarily knocked out the entire airport express line and a key section of the Tongchung line for more than half an hour this morning. The MTR said the train wasn't carrying any passengers but had failed to stop where it was supposed to and had thus affected services on both lines. But the railway said the train was removed from the main track at around 11 a.m. and services gradually went back to normal. Police say another two men have been arrested in connection with a fatal brawl at a Chimsache bar last week. A total of four people have now been arrested. Officers say they believe the fight was related to a dispute between triad gangs. One bar employee was killed and three others were injured in the fight. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Donald Trump's doctor said the president is no longer a transmission risk to others 10 days after he first showed symptoms of COVID-19. The president is due to attend several election campaign events next week. The BBC's David Willis reports. Donald Trump's doctor, Sean Conley, said the president's symptoms had improved, he'd been fever-free for over 24 hours and was no longer considered a transmission risk to others. Diagnostic tests, the doctor went on, showed there was no longer evidence of actively replicating virus. Officials have given only guarded updates on the state of Mr Trump's health since he was diagnosed with the coronavirus and the statement fell short of saying he tested negative for COVID-19. The statement came a few hours after Mr Trump held his first public event since his diagnosis, a gathering of about 400 people on the south lawn of the White House. The daily rate of new coronavirus cases in the United States has risen to its highest level for two months. More than 58,000 cases were recorded in the past 24 hours, with 10 of the 50 states recording record one-day increases. The main city in Nagorno-Karabakh has been hit by shellfire at the end of the first day of a ceasefire between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Loud explosions rocked the Armenian-held city of Stepanakert shortly before midnight. The BBC's Stephen Rosenberg reports. This is a fragile ceasefire. Armenia and Azerbaijan have accused each other of violating the truce. The International Committee of the Red Cross says it stands ready to facilitate the handover of bodies of those killed in the fighting and an exchange of detainees. But the logistics of how this will be done still need to be worked out. The Red Cross has called on all sides to respect the humanitarian ceasefire and to guarantee the safety of its teams. Canada has had its first contact since January with two of its citizens imprisoned in what Ottawa says is arbitrary detention in mainland China. Canadian authorities say its ambassador to China had obtained virtual consular access to Michael Spavor on Friday and Michael Kovrig on Saturday. They've been imprisoned since December of 2018 and were charged with espionage last June. Sport, Poland's Iga Świątek is the new French Open champion. The Polish teenager beat Sofia Kennan of the USA in straight sets to become the youngest female champion at Roland Garros since Monica Seles in 1992. Świątek said she still has plenty of room for improvement. I feel like I can do progress in like most of the things because I'm only 19 and I know my game isn't developed perfectly. The biggest challenge for me is going to be to be consistent. I think 
this is what women's tennis is struggling with. And that's why we have so many new Grand Slam winners. Top seed Novak Djokovic faces reigning champion Rafael Nadal in the men's singles final later today. Nadal has never lost a final at the French Open, but Djokovic believes the conditions could prove decisive. It's going to be interesting to see how his game and my game kind of you know match up, how it all plays out. You know, depending on how, what's the temperature as well, and that affects a lot the the court whether it's heavy and not bouncing much and slippery, windy. So all these things can affect, I think, uh, both of us mentally and our games. A woman who became the world's oldest female skydiver has died aged 88. Dillis Price, a former teacher from Wales, was scared of heights when she took up the sport in her mid-50s, but that didn't stop her. The BBC's Gareth Barlow has the story. Many people consider slowing down in later life, not Dillis Price. If anything, she sped up. On the 13th of April 2013, over an airfield in central England, Dillis secured the Guinness World Record for the oldest female solo parachute jump at the remarkable age of 80 years and 315 days. In total, Dillis completed over 1,100 jumps across the world, and with a background in drama and dance, she specialised in air acrobatics and freestyling. At the age of 86, Dillis sold her parachute, but went on to do a tandem skydive later that year. To the news, our top stories once again. A top infectious diseases expert warns Hong Kong could see more than a 1,000 COVID-19 deaths this winter unless social distancing measures are properly enforced. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says large-scale testing is needed to help Hong Kong come with come up with effective containment strategies for COVID-19 and a mishap knocked out services on the Airport Express and part of the Tung Chung line for more than half an hour this morning. The news from RTHK. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. All right out there!